It's our final look at Iowa as they go on the road to Penn State. LaShawn Daniels is joining us as we take a breakdown of the football game. Run game improvements. Are they real? And our predictions for the week. All coming up today, Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in. He's LaShawn Daniels. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also see us and watch us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. LaShawn, what's happening, my man? A good run game performance out of the team last week and now a monster matchup coming up tomorrow night against Penn State. Fun week. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Great, great to be back on here and yeah, it was good to see some improvement from the Hawks in the run game uh, last weekend. So hopefully they can carry that momentum into this week because they're definitely going to need it. Uh, there's no doubt. So we saw the running game get going. It was, well, early on, Jazzy on Patterson a little bit. He gets banged up playing without Caleb Johnson. So it was a whole lot of LaShawn Williams and certainly had one of his most productive games in a Hawkeye uniform. Not just what he did in the run game, but also what he did taking the screen pass and basically untouched his way 25 yards into the end zone. You got to love those plays, right? When you see that screenplay, you see nobody out there. You just got to be smiling as you're making your way to the end zone. Yeah. I mean, like those are the best plays. I mean, when you, when you don't have to literally don't have to do anything, you just, Hey, you just got to make sure that you hold on to the football. Like uh, you're, you're pretty jacked up as a back because Hey, you're like the play got executed perfectly. All I got to do is just try not to get caught. So. Iowa gets it done in the run game. We get to see a couple of freshmen out there too. TJ Washington and before him, Kamari Moulton. Moulton gets a couple of touchdowns late in the game. Max White gets into the end zone. The run game got going. Now, is that Western Michigan stinks? And this is a little bit of a mirage. Or did you see some things, LaShawn, that you thought, all right, this is sustainable. This is something that they can build on in the running game. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's probably uh, both of those things. I mean, Obviously, Western Michigan, they're not that great of a football team, especially when you think of Iowa and the teams that they're going to have to beat to get to where they want to go. The teams they're going to play are going to be much tougher, especially uh, up front. But uh, it was definitely good to see some consistency and be able to uh, really kind of create some explosive plays in the run game, got back to a bunch more inside zone uh, than, you know, maybe we've done over the past a few weeks to start to start the year. And then, I mean, LeSean was running extremely well uh, with the football in his hands, looked quick, uh, was able to create plays, and it, it all fall back on really, obviously, the offensive line, getting to their landmarks, creating some some vertical movement in the, in the run game and not letting penetration to, to create space for the backs. You uh, go into this game now, minus Jazzy on Patterson. We both liked him. Caleb Johnson, we're both a big believer in his talent. We've talked about both those guys a ton here. Now, speaking of LaShawn Williams, he's a guy that, you know, 
he doesn't have the breakaway speed. Like he, he's not a Uber athlete out there, right? He is a, a tough grinded out kind of guy. Is that okay? Going up against this talented Penn state defense this week. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, you'd love to have your home run hitters, uh, offensively against the, against a team like this. Um, thankfully for, for us, uh, it's looking like it's not going to be the best of weather. So, um, you know, that, that style of football, being able to possibly try to grind it out for, for four quarters is going to be something that could be very important uh, key to the game. And I think LaShawn has that ability to do that. Also, um, you know, he's, uh, I think it's what, he's a junior now. So he's kind of, he's been around the program for a while and he, he really knows what to expect uh, from, of what good and what bad looks like. So um, you would expect him to be able to go out there, be able to obviously lead that, that running back group and, um, you know, be the focal point of the offense. I mean, I'm sure this is something, an opportunity he's probably been waiting for 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 a long while now, and to to get it in a prime time game like this, he's definitely going to be, um, you know, excited for the opportunity. So um, I'm excited for him to, to watch how he's going to go out there and perform. But yeah, I mean, you you always want to have, you always want to be at full strength when you're going against uh, teams like this, especially in a uh, a matchup like this against a really really good football team. But hey, it, it's football. People get people are in and out of the lineup for various reasons so it's always next man up and i think uh LaShawn's going to be excited for the opportunity and um you know i'm anxious to see how he goes out there to perform i think a big opportunity there what did you see out of the freshman when he looked at washington and molten what you saw molten put one on the ground as he was diving into the end zone now i think if western michigan would have recovered it they would have looked back and saw that he did cross the plane and it would have been a touchdown but you know that's going to be in the ear this week and that's something you don't want to do early in your career, right? One put put one on the turf. Yeah, no, no, no. You you want to make sure first off you're holding on to the football, like, uh, like no matter what, like, <laughs> like you always want to be make sure that you're able to get up, uh, hand the ball back to the ref after each play because again you don't want to have any question marks there, uh, because if you do have to go in, like the coaches don't want to be nervous about you being out there and putting the ball on the ground, like if we if we decide to to give you a couple carries, so. Um, that, that aside thing that I loved, uh, you know, most from when both the young guys that they ran hard, uh, they ran hard. They didn't, you know, really try to pitter patter their feet, trying to create, um, always trying to create like, you know, maybe something out of nothing. A lot of times it was, Hey, they were taking what was given to them. Um, you know, getting vertical field, getting the pass down and falling forward. And those are things that you want to see because, uh, those things can be difficult as, as a, especially as a young player, because again, you, you know, you have limited reps. So you want to go out there and you want to try to, you know, make that, that amazing play every single time you touch the football, but you know, uh, especially at this level, that that's, it's frankly, just not going to happen. I mean, even, you know, your superstars can't do that. Um, you know, every play. So, you know, that you, you just got to take what the defense is giving you. And, you know, that was something that I saw from, from both the, the young guys uh, last week. And so that should, you know, obviously put them in a great opportunity this upcoming week. So when they do have their opportunities out there, that they're going to be able to go out there and, and you know, perform on the run game um, piece of it. Because I wouldn't expect them to be in there too much with the, like on third down packages and things like that. I would expect uh, LeSean to take care of care of that as he's been doing. So um, it was encouraging, though, to see, see those young running backs get out there and run hard and, you know, even find their way into the end zone. No doubt about it. And definitely uh, impressive from both of those guys to go out there. And Kamari looks like he's about 12. I mean, I saw him in the video <laughs> after the game. And, you know, we we forget sometimes, though. These are still 18-year-old dudes that are popping out there. And, and not all of them look like they're 
you know, chiseled 23 year old guys out there. That was certainly the case with him. Y'all look at face, but a hard runner and like that. Another huge component though, if they're going to get the trust coming up this week and, you know, if Williams needs a blow is it's going to be very simple. Can you pass protect right when you're in there? I mean, I, I just can't imagine. It feels like that has to be one of the most difficult steps up, not only having a guy come in full flight at you and trying to pick up the block physicality, but also the mental side of understanding because the blocking scheme, picking things up a whole lot different than anything these guys had to do at the high school level. Yeah, it's totally different. Um, and I haven't watched as much, uh, you know, Penn State probably as, as lately as I've done in the past. But when I think back to when we played them, I mean, they had a ton, ton of different blitz packages on their defensive side of the football where they were always bringing, it didn't matter if they were bringing, you know, linebackers, safeties, nickels, corners, like they would bring, they literally bring anybody. And so it makes it a lot more difficult on, uh, you know, the running backs because you're essentially, when you're back there, pass protection, you're the person that's really supposed to clean, um, you know, up for the linemen because again, like they can't see really too far, like outside of the box, unless you're like a tackle, like your interior guys definitely aren't going to be able to see outside of there. So, you know, if they're going to be focused on really like that, the box guys, or maybe like the bigger guys, and then, you know, you got to make sure that you're, um, on top of uh, everything else that's that's happening outside of that. So you got to make sure you got to have the right eye discipline um, and knowing where to look when those guys do come. Um, so obviously, yeah, they're probably going to try, uh, the offense coaches are going to try to avoid having those guys in this situation as much as possible. But, hey, if it if it does happen, like, this, like the young guys are going to have to be be ready to go in there and at least get to the right spot. And then have to be willing to stick their face in there. Like if you get, hey, if you get run over, you just get run over. But um, you know, at least going there and being in the right spot and giving that effort is something that that um, you know the coaches are going to be wanting to see, and that you know the team is going to need to have that uh, type of success in the passing game. Because there's going to be there's going to be times in this game where uh, you know it's going to come down to maybe a big third down play or fourth down play where. Uh, you know, the backs are going to have to step up and make a, a big time blitz pickup. Um, and then if not, obviously, if, if it's something that they can't get done, I'm sure the coaches will make adjustments and maybe do something where maybe the, the tight end will stay in and block and, you know, you'll have the running backs on three releases um, and look at it that way or try to look at trying to get the ball out of uh, Kay's hands quickly. But um, yeah, definitely knowing how to pass protect is something very important, especially in the Iowa offense, because the, Offense does ask a lot of the running backs in, in the passing game when it comes to uh, protection. Well, I have laid out my blueprint this week for how Iowa pulls off the upset on Saturday night. We'll run that by LaShawn and see his thoughts on it. What's it going to take to pull this upset? We preview the Nittany Lions as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've used LinkedIn Jobs in the past to help find for my small business people that are qualified. And as a small business owner, you have to do things quickly. Time is money when you're working for yourself and in a small business. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you with that. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That spreads the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why 
Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by DoorDash. You've trusted DoorDash in the past to deliver your restaurant favorites. I use it from time to time. I'm sure LaShawn uses it from time to time. How about this? Now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers to you. No more having to still drive to the store to pick up your groceries. It's going to come right to your front step. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or we'll make it right. Sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Right now, get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Trent and LaShawn back with you again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. All right. Penn State, you know them. You talked about seeing them in the past. It's always a huge matchup. There's been good ones. There's been not so good ones, too, out at State College. I think you remember one of those pretty well. But what happened afterwards was pretty good in the win against Michigan. You know, uh, Iowa, there's just something about this. And it feels like to me, as an outsider, Kirk has two games that have a little extra juice to him. It's Penn State because he grew up in Pennsylvania, and it's Michigan. It feels like those are the two that have just a little bit more oomph from the head man. Did, did you guys feel that same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely felt it um, against those two for sure. And, you know, I don't really know how, like, the preparation has gone, um, you know, with going against Ohio State, but I assume it's probably similar as well, even though I've only had experience playing them once. But when we played Penn State, I was a senior. Like, that was something, like, definitely tried to get you know us uh ramped up and, and ready to go and get that uh ready to uh, go out and play at a high level same thing with michigan and these are two teams again that i'm not sure what he has against them or or whatever but obviously kind of like you mentioned you know he's from uh pennsylvania um so that's probably something maybe something that has a little bit to do with it um but yeah like this is a team that you know first off like if you're in this position where, where you can beat them, you're probably in a spot where you're going to have a pretty good year. And then again, you know, you, it's not every day that you get to play uh, games in an environment like this, especially heading up to Happy Valley during a whiteout. So when you get those opportunities. Um, like these are really legitimately like once in a lifetime opportunities, especially for the players. So you want to make sure that um, you get the, you get everyone ready and uh, prepared. So they go out there and can perform at a high level. So a couple of things for you. And first, a direction, you know, it's going to be super loud in there, right? It's going to be a crazy environment. It's going to be loud. It's 110,000 people in white all screaming at you throughout it. I was there in 2009 for the game. It was a great environment. It was sloppy. It was rainy. It was a full day of tailgating and drinking. 
and then getting in there and being soaked by the time we got to the stadium, but it was all worth it. Worth it, obviously, the way that it played out. In terms of preparation, though, what does that look like? We know that you set up the speakers, right? And you're trying to make it loud, but what is actual that preparation like for you guys knowing you're walking into an environment like this? Yeah, I mean, definitely making sure that uh, you're communicating extremely well, uh, really, as, as an offense, right? Because, I mean, yeah, like the speakers and everything and having that going um, does add, you know, additional uh, communication barriers and, and things of that nature. But, uh, like, our regular weekly preparation and how we go um, about, like, practices and how we go about film is very similar as what we do it every single week. Um, but now, I see when you're going on the road in an environment like this, you know that communication has to be on point. Everyone has to be um, on the same page because, again, that, that crowd noise makes everything a little bit more difficult. You have, to, you have to go on silent counts when, you know, your quarterback is making checks or re-identifying um, pass protections. Like, you have to make sure that you're on the same page. So, uh, with you're on the same page with the quarterback, same page with the linemen. So, um, when you make those adjustments, uh, that it's executed the way that it, it's supposed to be. Because again, that crowd noise does make things a little bit more difficult, and that's probably and that's why you want to start fast early in these games. Because again, you can you can get the crowd out of it for a little bit, and you know really try to pull that momentum back to your side. Because if it gets to a point where you know they they kind of go on a run and they snatch that momentum, and it's it's loud. For, for a long while, it's very, very difficult to, to get it back. And, I mean, we experienced that back in 2016 um, where they started off extremely fast and, you know, really it felt like no matter what we did, we couldn't catch back up. So making sure that, hey, that your communication is on point, everyone's on the same page offensively so you can go out there and you can start fast and, you know, you can make plays to, to get the, the crowd at least semi out of it. They're never going to be completely out of it, especially in a whiteout, but you want to kind of get them semi out of it uh, so you can kind of keep the momentum on, on your side. This matchup, Penn State, uh, LaShawn, when we talked a few times this summer, you know, I think how high I was on this Penn State team coming into the year. I love the roster. Drew Aller has done nothing to disappoint. Now, he did get a little banged up against Illinois. Had, what, 17, 18 incompletions in that game. He wasn't overly sharp, and this will be a different environment that he's gone into, but it's Penn State. They look different, right? They're like Ohio State and Michigan. They're built a little bit different over there. I love their tackles. I love what they have on the outside with their defensive end. Their corners might be the best tandem in college football when you put them together. They get dudes all over the field. So what's it going to take? What are a few keys that you look at outside of, you know, the standards, right? Don't turn the football over, those kind of things. What What is Iowa, what do they have to do to win this football game? Yeah, I think, well, first off, defensively, they're going to have to stop the run. I mean, they've got two phenomenal running backs that can – you know, make magic happen with the football in their hands. Um, so you want to contain those guys as much as possible and kind of force uh, Drew Allar to really, you know, pick apart your defense to go ahead and win a football game, right? Because, again, you know that he's a, he's a young quarterback. Um, you know, it's going to be a crazy environment, but you know that defensively, especially in the back end, I was very, very good um, um, as they've been really pretty much throughout Kirk's entire tenure. So, you want to force Drew to have to go out there and, uh, you know, find the matchups, uh, really kind of pick apart your defense to go ahead and win the football game for them offensively. And then for us on offense, um, again, it's going to be obviously like you mentioned, you have to take care of the football. 
limit as many negative plays as possible. But you're also going to have to uh, have to have, have a bunch of guys step up, right? It's a bunch of next man in uh, mentality this week again, because again, losing uh, loop for for experience period of time is, is not ideal. Not having your two top backs is 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 tough, and so a lot of it's going to end up coming end up falling back on the quarterback and Cade and going out and hey operating the offense making sure that hey you're you're distributing to the ball to to your playmakers on the outside to at least keep those guys honest um on the back end and then so you're able to go ahead and alleviate some pressure for your offensive line alleviate that pressure for for your running backs so you can you know stay stay ahead of schedule and put yourself in third and manageable instead of getting in those third and long situations where we know Iowa um and really any uh, football team struggles at. Penn State has been most susceptible to runs up the middle. Now, when you hear that, does that mean ISO, counters? What are you trying to do? Because I mentioned the edge, the speed of that defense. It's going to have to be a lot of stuff up the gut. When you look at that and what Iowa's running game is, how how would you build that game plan of trying to run the football up the gut? Yeah, so lucky for Iowa and in, in, in that is that, hey, we haven't, haven't really been running a bunch of, you know, outside runs for the most mm-hmm. part this year, right? There hasn't been a ton of outside zones. I mean, there's been, you know, sweeps kind of here and there and some kind of misdirection um, of sweeps, but really a lot of our run game has been focused on the interior, whether it's been power plays or it's been inside zones or it's been counter. So they've already got a ton of reps, live reps with that. So it's going to be, let's see, hitting a bunch of that and um, keeping that uh, kind of momentum going there. Because again, as you just mentioned, when you have speed, on, on defenses trying to go horizontally is, is, is really not the play. It's really, it's really not the way you want to go ahead and uh, uh, create that, that running attack. So really kind of hitting them directly, uh, you know, through the middle from uh, inside zone plays, or you're doing counters or you're doing powers. Like that's where you're going to find a bunch of your success. It's where I was fun to ta- found a ton of success in the running game um, this year so far. And I wouldn't expect um, that to change uh, this week. So, uh, they're going to definitely going to try to continue with some of that. If I was calling the plays, it would definitely be a heavy dose of, of those when it came to the run game. And then obviously being able to take advantage of that with the play action game, because again, they're going to, they're, especially in the type of weather that, that you're expecting and you kind of know all I was offense from uh, years past and really as they kind of developed over the past few years that, uh, you know, the play action opportunities are going to have to be a big part of the game plan as well, because, again, uh, they're going to expect they're going to expect the runs up the middle. Again, it's what we've been doing. They know that we don't really attack the ball as much downfield. So trying to kind of bridge that gap and try to keep the defense on the toes is going to be very important. So a few things that I have this week. Obviously, special teams, defense, a score there, I think is almost paramount. You Look at when I was one in state college, it's been something like that. It's been a special teams play, a defensive score, likely probably going to need something like that at minimum, get a short field, you know, get the ball inside the 20 going back the other way. Speaking of that, when they get to the red zone, they're probably not going to be a ton of opportunities, but when you get there, you have to get touchdowns. Their defense is actually ranked in the hundreds in red zone defense. Now there has been many opportunities against that Penn State D, but when you get there, it can't be about getting three. It has to be about getting seven. And then it's not winning special teams, but dominating special teams. All those hidden yardage from the punts to the returns, Iowa has to dominate. That's another area that Penn State has not been strong. If Iowa can do that, 
maybe just maybe we got a shot in that middle of that third, fourth quarter. And then we know uh, the fair specials, right? When they happen, they're pretty fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely, definitely make it sticky. You keep it close. <laughs> you make it you make it sticky. You keep it close going into that fourth quarter. Obviously, you know, all bets are off at that point. Like anything can happen. So that's that's the position that uh coach is going to try to get them in. And as you mentioned, if they can play strong on defense, you play strong on special teams. Uh, that, that's that's a lot of times it ends up being the key, that that big play. I mean, it's happened basically every single year they beat a team like this. Like it's something like that that has been a key into the game. So. All right, LaShawn, when we come back, we are going to make our picks, including Iowa-Penn State this week. You're dominating the competition. That means I'm going to be buying when we're in Chicago for the game in Wrigley. <laughs> it's looking like right now. We'll see if I can bounce back. We'll see if LaShawn can stay hot. We'll do that. Presented by FanDuel as we continue this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app, it's super easy to use and the wide variety of things that they can do. Maybe you like to play futures. Maybe you're looking to make a bet on the Hawkeyes to win the Big Ten title. You can get them at better than 10 to 1. Maybe it's just about Iowa this week, both on the money line, the over-under, and of course the point spread. Player props and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL here today. All right, LaShawn, let's get into it and uh, make our picks presented by FanDuel. We will get to Iowa Penn State, but we begin today with this. Our picks after uh, taking a look at the numbers. Let me find it here. Let's see. Last week you were and you had one, two, three. You went three and two. So you get the first pick here in game number one. Your dad's alma mater, your home state team, the Buckeyes, <laughs> travel to Notre Dame, Ohio State favored by three and a half. Yeah, I think this is going to be a phenomenal game. Super excited for it. Um, I think Notre Dame has a really strong team this year. Uh, I think they're probably a little bit better, a lot better than they were last year. And I think uh, they're going to they're going to play the Bucks extremely tight. And honestly, I think that they have potential to honestly. Get this, get this victory and, and cover. So I'm gonna go with with Notre Dame on this one, just because again, I still I'm still kind of questionable about uh, Ohio State and them offensively. Obviously, they've been phenomenal on on defense, which is something I feel like they haven't been that great on defense in, in really a few years now, and they've been really good. But I feel like Notre Dame has a really strong offense. Um, they, they're solid on defense, and I still kind of have some question marks around Ohio State and their. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Going with Notre Dame. I'm with you in the concern, especially at that tackle position for Ohio State. So when this point spread came out on Sunday, right away, 
I really like the points. I like Notre Dame, and I was going to be with you. But the more that I uh, got into my numbers this week, the more research I did, I just believe in Jim Knowles so much, their defensive coordinator. Year number two, you saw when he was at Oklahoma State, the huge jump they made in his second year of the system. You look at his past stops. That's what happens in the second year of the system. They make a big leap. For the first time, maybe ever, Notre Dame has a better quarterback than Ohio State when these two teams face off. But I go back to defense, and I think this is going to be an ugly, more grinded out kind of game, 21-17, 24-20, something in that range. I'm going to lay it with the Buckeyes here and think that the Knowles defense is the difference in this one. Pick number two, it's an early game, 11 a.m. Central time on ABC. Clemson against Florida State. The game's in South Carolina. Florida State, the two-point favorite. Yeah, so honestly, I'm, I'm going to go with Florida State on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida State on this one. I mean, Clemson, I feel like they're, they're kind of dynasty reign is kind of really kind of fell off really over the past uh, few years. Honestly, ever since uh, they, they lost that national championship against uh, Alabama, I feel like they just haven't been as strong as a team as that they would probably expect. And it's really kind of obviously carried over the past few years. Quarterback play is not been probably as what they would expect up to this point in time of the year. And Florida State has been been playing pretty well. Obviously, they squeaked, squeaked out, out a close one against BC last week. Um, so, obviously, they're, they're going on the road again. I don't think they're going to let that uh, sneak up on them again, and I feel like they're going to come out strong and, and really cover up poorly on this one. So, LaShawn, I've been gambling for a very, very long time, longer than uh, probably should be, but here I am. <laughs> Every single metric that you look at points of Florida State. Your eyeball test points to Florida State. Yet here's Clemson still one and a half, two-point dog. It's a tight number. Something stinks here. I think this is the stinky line of the week. I'm going to grab the two with Clemson and take the Tigers here. This is hold your nose and go with it. I've just I've seen this spot too many times in the past. I, I get some public betting numbers that are out there. 65, 60, 70 percent of the bets are coming in, yet the point spread's not moving. It just smells. And because of that <laughs> stickiness, I'm going to take Clemson with that one. Dion, they survived last week. Colorado moves to 3 and0. Now it is a big step up in competition and on the road for Oregon. I have been slow to get on the Dion train. I did not believe in week one. I didn't believe in week two against Nebraska. Week three, well, finally, I got one right at least against the spread at a really fun football game. Here, it's a huge number. Colorado's offensive line's terrible. Colorado's defense is terrible. Oregon is doing whatever they want, but more than anything, I'm just a believer in Dion. Now, this thing might end up being 63-51. I mean, could be first to 60 wins the football game. I think you're going to see a ton of points, but ultimately, with 22 points involved in a shootout, grab the points. I'm going to do that. Give me Colorado in the 22. Yeah, I'm I'm like right aligned there with you on that one with, with Colorado, just because again the line is so big. Um, but the fact that Colorado is missing, gonna be missing Travis Hunter, phenomenal mm -hmm. football player, is definitely gonna be you know uh hurtful for the team. But again, like you kind of just mentioned, like Colorado's offense has been phenomenal. Shore Sanders has been phenomenal the entire season, and obviously I'm gonna would anticipate that that's going to continue. And 21 points just feels too big of a line, especially with the way that Colorado can score mm -hmm. um, for me to go ahead and take Oregon. I think Oregon's going to go ahead and, and win this football game, but I definitely believe that, that Colorado is going to cover um, cover it. And it's going to be a 
phenomenal offensive football game. So if you like offense, definitely, you're definitely going to want to tune into this. one. All right, let's go to Alabama. The Crimson Tide struggle last week against South Florida. Oof, that is a woof moment there. They're going back to Milrow at the quarterback position. And Lane Kiffin this week, he's making headlines. He's going after, oh, you know what? We think maybe there's a different guy calling the defensive plays. Of course, he's riling it up there. Then he's quoting Taylor Swift lyrics out there and talking about crumbling castle. I mean, he's going after Saban. Now, the last time he did this, it didn't go well. He said, get your popcorn going. And they uh, fell out flat on their face in that one. You get the first pick on this one. I'm just more than anything, more than the actual game of the point spread. I just want to watch this. It's so intriguing. Yeah, this one's uh, so this one and Alabama has been a weird team really this year. Uh, obviously, like kind of offensively, uh, they're still missing the quarterback. They still it feels like they still haven't really decided on it. And really, after watching their quarterbacks last week, you're, it was like, OK, they have no choice but to go back to Milro uh, for starters there. And because of that and that kind of still kind of question mark kind of lingering there with, with Alabama's offense, I feel like taking uh Ole Miss and the points is really is really the way to go. Um, you know, obviously they 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 it has a consistent identity and they've always played Alabama uh, extremely well. Uh and I would anticipate that that will continue um this week, especially in this matchup when again there's so many question marks surrounded by around uh, Alabama's offense. So many times we've been waiting to throw dirt on Alabama. It feels like this is as close as we've been since his first year at Alabama. I'm going to take one more stand, though. One final stand. <laughs> I'm going to go go a save it here. Give me Bama one last time. And they lose this one. Ooh, we are talking about castle crumbling. We wrap things up. It is Iowa at Penn State. 15 is the number. I got a score prediction here. I have Iowa falling 24 to 13. We've laid out what it's going to take, obviously, for Iowa to win this football game. I just still have concerns. I thought Cade McNamara played his worst game last week in a Hawkeye uniform. He really struggled, made some bad reads, indecision, pumping the football, just indecisive with it. That concerns me going into this one. It's a huge step up in competition, the environment. I got Penn State. Iowa covering. I'll take the Hawkeyes and the 15, but Penn State winning at 24-13. Yeah, I feel very strongly about Iowa covering. I feel very strongly about them covering. I don't feel as strongly, though, about them uh, winning the football game just because of kind of, as you mentioned, the, the offense a little bit. It still, still feels like they're really not hitting on the on all cylinders that you really, really want to, especially in the passing game. And I'm not sure if, uh, you know, Cade's uh, leg has really kind of had an impact on that. Um, but I feel like, Quarterback play really hasn't been as where you would expect it to really kind of be at this point. And to go ahead and just flip that switch against a team like this, an environment like this, is something that's going to be very, very difficult. Even though he's gone in here, he's gone into Penn, uh, Happy Valley, he's won a football game, um, and he's done it before. But, again, that's a totally different team. You know, that's what, two years ago. It's a totally different environment, um, totally different circumstances. So that, that's really kind of where I'm at. I, I take the Hawks to cover, but I don't know if they really have enough offensively. to pull There it is. Our picks of the week brought to you by FanDuel each and every week. LaShawn and I pick the five biggest games or for the most part, biggest games in college football, including the Iowa matchup that will do it for this week. LaShawn have a fun experience. Looking forward to 
seeing the whiteout. Be, wish I was there like I was in 2009. It's an incredible environment. Should be a lot of fun. We'll talk again next week and break it all down. Yeah, sounds good. Go Hawks.